Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. You know, um, today we're, we're in week two of our series, Characters Welcome. And I'm excited about the series because we always get to talk about characters. Now, you might be thinking like, what do you mean by characters? Because I know some characters, right? Last week, uh, we had the centurion, man, the Roman officer. That guy was pretty awesome, right? Come on, let's give it up for our centurion. And so this week, we got a special, a very special character, and I'm going to introduce this person in just a minute. But do you know that everyone gets the same amount of time? You're like, well, no, some people die earlier. But I'm just saying, right now, we, we all get the same amount of time in a day, right? Everybody get 24 hours? I get 24 hours. You get 24 hours. We all get 24 hours. But you know what? You can't buy time, can you? People, you, people think you can buy some time, but you can't buy time. You can't borrow time. You can't make time. You know what? You can only spend time, and you can only waste time. Come on, church. So today we're going to be talking about this idea of is timing is everything. And so today we're going to be talking about our time. Where is our time going? Where does the time go? You know, everybody's like, I'm busy. You ever talk to some friends of yours? I'm busy. Wait, well, you don't have a job though. How are you busy? You don't have any kids. How are you busy? Right? You got all... T- you... <laughs> No, I'm busy, man. Right? Notice everybody today is busy. They're do everybody's doing something that we're we're busy. We all say it, right? Come on. There's not there's probably not anyone in this room who hasn't said I'm, I'm busy. Listen, I'm busy. We're all busy, right? And so we're busy doing the things that we've put on there or at work or at school or at home or with whatever. But uh, today I'm going to be putting um, time into just three categories, just to simplify it today. So I need my helper today. So can we all welcome Queen Esther? Everybody give Queen Esther a big round of applause. Come on, church. We can do better, for, better than that for our character today. We're going to be talking about Esther, and, and she's going to help me out. Before we get into who Esther is all about, she's going to help me out. So everybody, listen, we're going we're gonna to break it up into three categories. I'll move this over so you can do it a little bit better. And each category has uh, 56 hours, which if you times that by three, what is that? Anybody know? 128 hours. You got 128 hours in a week. So we're going to break it up. So if you want to start working us here, if we can make this, everybody can see that, 56 hours. And, um, okay, good. So we got, we, we all have 56 hours. We're going to divide that up into three parts. And now not everybody likes this, this part. Because you're like, man, this is kind of a waste. So one third of our life, one third of our week is going to be what? Sleeping. So we're going to put sleep on one, on, on here, Esther. And, um, Make sure we spell it right. I'm just kidding. Um, but we're, we're sleeping. So everybody's like, well, Pastor Landon, I don't get eight hours. Who gets eight hours of sleep? Come on. Anybody get eight hours of sleep? Oh, you're just trying to be cool. Come on, church. I don't get eight. Listen, you should have eight hours of sleep. So we're going to say eight hours of sleep, okay? So we're going to start building our blocks. Each block is eight hours. And so we're going to have seven of those. Wow, she's, you're awesome. So listen, anybody get seven hours of sleep? Six hours of sleep? 
Y'all need more sleep. Five hours of sleep. Four. Well, you need prayer. Three. You need extra prayer. Two. Who plays Fortnite all night? Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's why he sleeps at church. All right. Man, you, your mom puts you right on the front row every week. Okay. Part two. Okay. Part two. The next 56 hours is some things that maybe we can't control. Work and school. Okay. You're like, wait, I don't work 56 hours a week, Pastor Landon. Well, that might be going to and from work. That might be doing homework. That might be extracurricular activities. So we're just going to be simple today and say 56 hours. Anybody work 56 hours? Not really. Okay. So we're going to put work and school in that area. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do that. So, so we're going to stack that up each, each day. We're going to have eight hours toward that, divided up during the week. And now we're busy, right? We're busy people. We're sleeping a lot, right? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe w one increment of this could be waiting in line somewhere, right? We're waiting in line somewhere and, um, or waiting for someone to email us something or whatever. And then the last one is kind of a really important one, all right? The last one is passion. Everybody say passion. Listen, we all got our passion. We have our family. We've got church. We've got Jesus. We've got, maybe we're trying to better ourselves. Maybe we are those people who hang out in the garage and fix stuff. Maybe you're a Netflix person. So the other 56 hours a week, you've got for your passions, right? You're, you're, you've got 56 hours a week, and we're still saying we're busy. So today we're talking about how important we spend our time and how important we don't waste our time. So we've got Esther. Everybody say, hey, Esther. So maybe not everybody knows who Esther is, and we're going to get back to what this all means here in a little bit. But Esther, if you look in the Old Testament, there's a story about this young lady named Esther. So she's kind of the hero in the story, all right? She's the hero here. And then we have, um, and then we have this guy named Mordecai. Some of us think he's the uncle. He's actually her cousin. And um, uh, he's, he's not just a cousin, but he's an advisor. He's like her coach. Does anybody have those people in your life who's like, you go to them like, hey, what do you think about this? Anybody have some people like that in their life? Okay, so you've got, you've got Esther, you've got Mordecai, and then you've got the, the villain. We don't like this guy. His name is Haman. He's kind of like Jafar, okay, if you've watched Aladdin. He's like the Jafar of the story. And then we've got Xerxes, okay? And he's the king. Everybody say the king. King Xerxes. And so Esther is this Jewish girl, okay? And she grew up learning the Torah, which is the, which is like Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, all of those. And so she grew up learning about God and about the Jews and the stories and learning about the Exodus and learning about crossing the Red Sea. So, so she knows who she is. She knows her background, so, um, but they're in exile right now in Persia. So the Jews are there. They're in exile. They're not in their own homeland. And she, the, the king does a beauty pageant. Pretty awesome. Okay. Like, like frostproof idol. What do we call it here? I don't know. Um, but he does this beauty pageant. You know that, that Esther, 
goes to 12 months of beauty treatment. That's all she had to do for 12 months. She got to eat food and beauty treatments. Pretty awesome. Right, right, ladies? What's that? I like the food part better. You like the food part better? Esther ate a lot of food over, the, over that time frame. Um, but you know what? Esther didn't reveal who she was. She didn't reveal that she was Jewish. But she, what, what she did reveal was her heart. She had a great heart. She was beautiful. And so right away, King Xerxes notices. And guess what? Esther becomes Queen Esther. Pretty awesome story, right? If you go back in your Bible, you can read it. It's pretty amazing. But in the meantime, Haman shows up. Everybody say, dun, dun, dun. All right? Jafar. Haman emerges. He's, he becomes the right-hand man to King Xerxes. So when he got power, he wasn't one of those humble guys, right? He, when he got power, he flaunted it. And look what happens here in Esther 3, verse 2 to 6. All the royal officials of the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman. For the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai, remember who Mordecai is. Who's Mordecai? Esther's cousin, her advisor, her coach, her life coach. Why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it, uh, it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated or not. For he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he, he was enraged. Okay, this guy was mad. And he was the second in command in Persia. So whatever he says kind of goes, right? Other than a little signature that he might need to get from the king. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that you're speaking to your church today. Lord, help us understand timing. Help us understand the story of Esther and how it applies to our life. In Jesus' name. And the church said... All right, come on. Let's all give Esther a big round of applause. We might need you in a little bit. Thank you. Be careful on the stairs. All right. So look at this. Haman, this is kind of like our world right now, right? Maybe they're not going to kill a whole group of people, but one person does something in our culture, and we, we judge a whole group of people. So Haman's here. He wants to kill all of the Jews because one of them won't kneel to him. You know, you know that we are all worshiping something? And our time is very important and it shows what's important to us. It shows where our passions are. We're all at church this morning, so we all have a passion to grow closer to God. We all have a passion. On a Sunday morning, we get up like, hey, we could go on the lake or we could be at church. We're my pa so what we worship comes through with our time and our passions. So he created this day where anybody could kill a Jewish person. They wanted, he wanted to annihilate all of them. Pretty crazy story, right? Sounds like something that happened in the last century with Hitler. Doesn't it sound very similar? So he creates this day. You know, Mordecai hears 
And you know what? He, he started fasting. He started praying. What do we do when we hear bad news? We don't always make the right decisions, do we? But Mordecai, who's a man of God, started fasting. It upset him terribly. And let's look here at the scripture in Esther 4, 12 to 14. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back his answer. Do you, do not, do you not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. You know, Esther has now been queen for five years. Going by her Persian name. She hasn't revealed yet her background. She hasn't revealed exactly who she is. But you know what? Her character is coming out. That she has a good heart. That she loves people. You know, sometimes in our culture as Christians, we, we sometimes, um, I remember when I was younger at church, I would go, we'd go door to door telling people about Jesus. That's awesome, isn't it? But sometimes, sometimes, timing is everything, isn't it? Maybe someone's not ready to hear about Jesus quite yet. Maybe they want to see Jesus through you. And maybe we're not all like that. Before you reveal your title, you should let people watch your testimony. Maybe wait on the right timing. You know, the Bible says that we are supposed to be salt of the earth. Salty, right? I think we need to make people thirsty for the things of God because they see the excitement in you. They see the joy of the Lord in you. But we can't forget who we are, where we came from. You know, Esther came to this position for such a time as this. You know, um, you know, God opportunities like the Est what Esther was in requires action, doesn't it? How do I know when it's time for me to move? How do, you, how do I know when it's time for me to, if I hear the Lord, how, am I, how I know I'm supposed to step out and do what God's calling me to do, right? You're kind of on the edge. You hear it. You hear God speaking to you. But when? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And Esther, that's kind of her question, is when am I supposed to step out? Is it time? So we're going to look at three things that indicate when I should act or when I should move, that indicate some indicators that we should step out and move. The first one, if you want to write it down. When capacity is shrinking, when capacity is shrinking, but calling is expanding. When capacity is shrinking, but calling is expanding. You know, Esther was not raised to be a queen. Do you know that? Esther was raised to be a child of God. 
She didn't grow up learning to be queen. She grew up learning about the love of God. She grew up learning about where God's people came from. She's been in the palace for five years, right? So when you get to the palace, you're kind of, especially if you're the queen, you're getting waited on hand and foot. You're not doing a whole lot of anything. You're just hanging out and you're enjoying life. She didn't even have to spend too much time with the king, according to the scripture. He, he, she only came to the king when he summoned her. That was it. So she had a lot of free time. She, she didn't have to do much. Problem with the palace, the palace isn't her calling. She was called to rescue God's people, her people. The palace was a vehicle. You know that God uses your certain in your specific position for a purpose. And don't just get comfortable in where you are located or what you're doing. Know that there's a higher calling for you. You're like, oh, this job is terrible. Listen, do you know that God put you there for a purpose and a plan? And it incorporates you, but it also could incorporate other people. So your capacity is maybe where you're not being challenged. Maybe you're wasting some time. Maybe at work, or maybe you're wasting some time in your passion area. Uh, sleep, you need to sleep, right? If you want to grow, you have to be challenged. Isn't that right? If you want to grow, you need to be challenged. If, if you, might, you might just get stale. Right? All you gym people, anybody go to the gym? Right? The gym is not really to maintain. You're not maintaining. You're either going backwards or you're going forward. That's it. There's probably not much in the middle. I'm just going to maintain. You know, um, at our church in Sarasota, there was this pond. And the water never moved. Because the little sprinkler thing in the middle stopped working. And that thing got so nasty. And you know what? There was a tree on the edge of the pond. And it never grew. It died. And it just sat there. And it did nothing. Church, we can't get stale in what God's called us to do. We can't get comfortable in what we're doing. We need to step out. We need to act on what God's called us to do. Imagine David learned more in a cave about leadership, didn't he? He learned more in a cave about leadership than he did in the palace. Once he got to the palace, oh, I've arrived. And then he gets bored twiddling his thumbs. He looks down and there's a woman bathing across the way. Listen, if we get, if we, yeah, right? We need to get out there and do something. When you're being challenged, you're growing. She was called to rescue her people. We live in a culture that avoids pain at all costs, right? Everything we do. It's like every little gadget now that we have, right? Saves me time. You know, now we're just glued to the phone in our pocket, right? Air conditioning, well, we'll, we'll keep that one. <laughs> we're not going to throw that one out. But at all costs, we, we avoid it. We, we don't want to have a, a, a conversation with someone because someone might get offended. We avoid pain at all costs. We start to become maintainers rather than growing. We got to push ourselves. 
You know, anybody ever trainer at a gym before? I went one day. <laughs> that guy about killed me. You know, you have more inside of you, more capacity inside of you than what you realize. In our trainer, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit say, listen, you're ready for the next level. You're ready for the next thing. You're ready for the calling that I've put in your, in your life. You know, I think about it this way. Imagine we have all these water bottles up here and they're all empty. And maybe your water bottle is just the one over here on the side. Well, God is saying, I'm giving you more water bottles and I'm going to fill them. I'm going to give you more capacity so that you can do more with what I've given you. All right, let's go on to the second one. Things that indicate when I should act or step out or move. Number two, when fear is overwhelming, but faith is unrelenting. When fear is overwhelming, but faith is unrelenting. So, you know, in that culture, Esther had to be summoned to come and talk to the king. So we have an issue now, right? Because Mordecai, her cousin, her advisor, her, her coach, her friend, is saying, listen, if you go and talk to the king, you can fix this situation. Haman is out to kill all of the Jews. But you come to such a time as this to make a difference. So Esther is in a little bit of a fear conflict at the moment, right? Anybody fearful of things? We all get... We all get afraid of some things. She's afraid for her life. Mordecai knew the situation that he was asking her to put herself in. So there's some fear there. You know what? There's fear when we want to step out in faith. There was fear in my heart, in our board's heart, when we wanted to move to this building. We're like, well, what? Well, we can't pay the bills. What if we can't do this? But you know what? If we step out, and we pass that part of the faith. Remember the mountain we talked about earlier? The mountain's really just made by fear. And when we pray and we believe, God will move the mountain. So when fear is overwhelming, but faith is unrelenting. If this is God's opportunity, why am I so afraid? You know, if God is calling Esther to do what he's calling her to do, then why is Esther so afraid? What if right now, maybe you're thinking, God's calling me to do this. Why am I so afraid? It's God's thing. You know, because this, this is why. Because the devil is shouting. He knows that what you're about to do in God's name is going to be awesome. And he's shouting, you're not good enough. You're not big enough. You don't have enough to do that. You're, you're going to fail. You're going to fall on your face. The longer you walk with God, the more you realize that when the enemy is shouting, you're doing the right thing. Come on, church. When the enemy is shouting and telling you you may fail, telling you you may fall on your face, it's probably the right thing. The longer you walk with God, the more you realize that. When I hear God's voice, I can step out in faith. On the other side of fear is what? Our opportunity that God wants us to grab onto. 
And so today, maybe you're asking, like, God, this is bringing up these things that you've been calling me to do. This is bringing up things that you're asking me to do. Timing is everything, isn't it? Faith the size of a mustard seed moves mountains. You know, in this situation, Esther, our friend back there. Hey, Esther. Our friend, Esther, is scared for her life. And maybe we're scared for our reputation. We're scared that, that it's going to cost too much. That it's going to be too much work. But if God's calling you to it, he'll walk you through it. Amen? All right, number three, last one. Everybody say the last one. When passion is burning, but peace is calming. Come on, church. When passion is burning, but peace is calming. You know, you don't understand. You know, you're saying this maybe this morning. Pastor Landon, you don't understand what God's calling me to do. You don't understand what, what he's asking me to step out in. It's going to be hard. But I'm so passionate about it. Esther was raised with these great faith stories. Imagine, she's reading about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She's reading about, about Isaac take, or, um, about taking his son to the stake, and then God said, no, no. She's reading about Abraham. You're going to have people of all generations. She's, re she's reading about Moses who walked on the, the, the floor of the Red Sea. She's hearing these faith stories and she is passionate about her people. She's passionate about God's people, even though at the time they're in exile. But she was burning inside with a pure passion to rescue God's people. So am I focusing? What am I doing during this time? This is kind of my spare time right here. What am I doing? Am I wasting my time? Or am I spending my time? And only you and God can figure that out, right? What's my passion? Pastor Landon, I don't know if I have a passion. How do I find my passion? Listen, just ask God, what breaks my heart? You know what breaks Tara and I's heart? is making sure that there's a life-giving church in Frostproof, Florida. And we've got a few. I got a, we've got a, I got a pastor friend in the room. They've got a life-giving church downtown. Amen? My heart is that people in Frostproof in our area will have a place where they can hear and know the Bible where they can hear Holy Spirit speaking to them, where they can be saved and be baptized, where they can not just stop there, but then go and do what God has created them to do. That's what breaks my heart. What breaks your heart? Listen, when you find 
your passion, you discover your purpose. Listen to this again, church. When you find your passion, you discover your purpose. The purpose that God's called you to. And if he's called you to it, he'll walk you through it. God designed us all with a purpose. God designed Esther with a purpose. Esther has a purpose. Her purpose was to save her people, God's people, from annihilation. How many times has that happened over the last 3,000 years? That the Jews would be wiped off the planet. God said, no, no, no. You notice that Mordecai said that you've come to this place for such a time as this? And then Mordecai also says, though, that if you don't want to be used, God will use somebody else. Hey, I want to be used. I don't know about you, church, but I want to be used. I want New Hope to be used for God's purpose. We weren't supposed to just go to the palace and look pretty. Esther, come on back up, Esther. Is she still around? Come on back up, Esther. Her sister's getting baptized, so that's pretty awesome. You know that Esther wasn't just called to go to a palace and look pretty. No. She was going to be a rescuer of God's people. Amen? Young person over here. You know, you were probably about the age Esther was. You weren't called, young lady, to just go to high school and look pretty. Or look pretty on Instagram. You were called with a passion to do something greater than that. She was made to rescue the people. She knew the desire. But we can't just be led by our desire, right? Our passion. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit when we have that passion. We need to take it to God. Look what happens just a couple verses later. You said this, okay? In Esther here. Verse 15, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa. So this is pretty much her saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the king. And even if I die, this is my purpose. This is my desire is to save God's people. Look, who are in Susa and fast for me. We don't just step out. We get people around us who can love on us and fast and pray for us. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I am, I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. Doing a God thing has to happen this way sometimes. And if I perish, I perish. Imagine that, a young Jewish lady who was putting it all on the line, not just for her people, but for God, because he's called her for such a time as this. What has God called you to? What was she looking for? 
Why did she pause? Why didn't she just go right now? What? She was looking for peace. Because when God's in it, there's peace. There's not turmoil. There's not second guessing and triple checking. There's peace. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen. I'm not going to take a step until I have God's peace in it. I'm going to wrap up here now. Listen, spoiler alert with the story. Esther goes and saves the people. And they all live happily ever after, right? Come on. But you know what? This is just a mere image of who Jesus is. He came to seek and to save the lost and to save and rescue his people and bring them home. Listen, I, I don't think if today, uh, I want to rename these. If that's okay, can I rename these, Esther? Is that all right? Okay, we're going to rename these. The first one is our passion. When we find out our passion, it reveals our purpose, right? Our work. You're like, oh, I don't like work. All I do is work. It's our preparation time for what God is going to do next. What he's preparing in you in advance. And you know what? So you're like, man, Pastor, if I could just have this, our sleep is our peace. That we can rest assured and know who God is and what he wants to do in us. Well, we know our purpose. When we're prepared, we're going to sleep at peace. Amen. Let's stand up all over the room today as we close. Timing is everything, isn't it? And so today, what I'm going to do, Esther and I, we're going to ask you to close your eyes just for a moment and reflect on this moment in time, right? Today. And my challenge for those of you who say, I'm a follower of Jesus, what are you doing with those 56 hours? Are you spending that time or are you wasting that time? Are you using it on the purposes that God's put in your heart or are you using it for something else? And then there's a second group of people in here today that say, I, I, I don't know where I stand with Jesus. Today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so if today you say, you know what, Pastor? I'm done running. I want to come home to Jesus. Would you just put your hand up and say, I want to follow Jesus today. That's me. Show us with, the, with your hand up and say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I was like six or seven people said, I want to follow Jesus. Thank you. There we go. Another one. Anybody else? And you can just say a simple prayer in your heart, or you can repeat after me, Jesus, 
thank you for my life. Thank you for coming to rescue me from sin, hell, and the grave. I want to follow you today and forever. Forgive me of my sin. Give me the gift of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.